ladies and gents, boys and girls, this is Ayatollah Bin. Welcome to another episode of the Your Brain Uncovered show, where it is my job to interview leading scientists teasing out some of their most fascinating work. So my guest today is Dr. Anthony Mangigotti, that is Mangigotti PhD. Anthony is a postdoctoral researcher at the MedClab, which is an abbreviation for Music Cognition Communication Lab um, at Middlesex University. And he's the principal researcher of the MusicCare project. Uh, welcome, Dr. Manjakati. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So uh, you've made numerous, you know, important comp- contributions with your project, and I found that you know m- your most notable work is mainly focused on understanding the effects of music therapy activities and enhancing the well-being and cognitive functions of elderly people. Um, so, what was your ambition behind pursuing this research path in particular? So um, our main ambition is to is mainly to let music therapy if understand if music therapy can be um, a method or something that uh, even people that have uh, that don't have cognitive impairment can use in order to boost their cognitive functions. So we want to understand how music therapy works in a more uh, structured way, and also to understand, for example, how music can boost our cognitive system. Uh, you know, there are different studies that uh, shows the, the differences between musicians and musicians. And some studies focused also on uh, how music can uh, help us to uh, improve our well-being and cognitive aspects. And in our study, I mean, uh, we want to go more in deep on to understand better how music therapy works in uh, not only the cognitive point of view, but also in the physiological point of view. This is our main topic. Main, uh, main ambition basically. interesting interesting so practically you're heavily invested in uh, in uh, you know dealing with assessments and cognitive uh, rehabilitation training as I can see and um, so you're trying here to link um, as I can you know um, make up the psychological processes linked with music is that a keen interest of yours Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, then uh, my specialization is in um, aging so basically um, you know, with the number of older people living with cognitive impairment and, uh, and dementia is increasing, um, there is also the need for more um, inexpensive intervention to improve the quality of life of such individuals. And so we want to we want to understand us, try to understand if music therapy can be also one of the methods. To do this, we need to focus more on what are the specific cognitive functions, specific, uh, for example, physiological and well-being improvement that music can uh, tell us. And we do this uh, through, as I said, cognitive testing, for example, that are specifically targeted to measure, for example, attention, memory, some, for example, verbal processing, and uh, some physiological measures. For example, we collect uh, saliva in which we analyze some hormones inside, mm. for example, the cortisol yeah. or the citocines. Uh, the cortisol is a hormone related to stress levels. So, for example, when we have high uh, level of cortisol, usually we f- um, feel this kind of stress. Stress, um, and instead, the lower level of cortisol are more. Um, we feel more relaxed. So measuring these hormones, uh, uh, we are able to understand, for example, also if music therapy or music in general can induce, can uh, reduce this kind of a level and uh, making people more relaxed in a physiological way. And so this is um, how we try <laughs> to work a little bit. 
Well, your attempt seems to be working. And I, I noticed something you touched on um, earlier. You mentioned that you focus on, you know, um, the, you know, elder adults. Um, so why is it that you're fixated on, um, you know, the later periods of human life? Is it because um, these age groups, you know, are not corresponding to what is considered the apex of, uh, you know, the power of human intelligence, uh, emotional regulation, creativity, productivity? Is that why? Uh, is in part is why exactly, but then also because um, since that um, the main part is more because there are no study at the moment, not a lot of the study that uh, try to investigate, for example, um, the mu- the effect of music therapy in, uh, for example, in the my cognitive environment. So there are different type of environments during the age uh, in, uh, through aging, and aging is it is a sort of uh, we can say. Is a part of our lifespan in which there are so many questions that are uh, that are unresolved at the moment. Mm, of course. And um, so, for example, uh, we still don't know what are the mechanisms behind, for example, some particular type of dementia. So why people start to have this kind of type of degeneration? Uh, also, what is the role of uh, the cognitive reserve? So the cognitive reserve, for example, is the amount of knowledge that you acquired during your life. And some people think, um, some researchers think that if people that has a higher amount of cognitive reserve, so for example, life, they have done so many things, so they go to the theater uh, uh, three, four times a month, uh, or to the cinema, they read a lot of books, they keep their mind engaged a lot. Yes. So I have yeah. a high cognitive function. And how this cognitive function, this, sorry, this cognitive reserve can impact also in the neurodegeneration. So there are some studies that have investigated, for example, how people with high cognitive reserve are able to face some specific deficit that are uh, coming from uh, neurodegenerational problem. Would that so be what would, do you want? To, uh, would that be linked to dementia in any way possible? For a second. Uh, would that be linked to studies on cognitive decline in dementia? Exactly, exactly. So music is a form of, um, of um, it's a form of interaction that can help mm. to boost this cognitive reserve. As you probably know, studying music or even listening to music can activate our brain in a way that is. Uh, let's say is very complex. So when we even listen to music, our brain is activating almost all his parts. So we are activating our tension, our memory process, our emotions. Because when we listen to music, we activate what is called the reward system. So for example, when you're eating chocolate, you're having sex, or for example, you're you're doing a um, an, an enjoyable activity, you start to activate this kind of circuit. And it's the same that music can activate and sort of boost also the um, system of our brain that uh, is linked to our emotions. So music helps also to, for example, activate this part of the brain that are linked to emotion and memory. So there is a very high stimulation of our brain when we uh, listen to music and when we play music. 
Oh wow, that's quite fascinating. So we're really here. You dived really deep into you know aspects of cognition that are enhanced by listening to music. So、um, regarding you know mood,、uh, you fascinatingly conducted、um, earlier in two thousand fourteen three experiments where you assessed、uh, uh, the cognitive benefits of、um, a music, and、um, I just wanted to know how does that、um, link back to the emotions. Uh, the emotions、um, expressed with a piece of music we're listening to it. So,、uh, is there any link between you know、uh, the emotional expression of music and the you know the person's affective state? Does it, do they have to be matching, or、uh, is there any relationship whatsoever? So, in、uh, if we are talking about, for example, boosting our cognitive function while listening to music, there are some studies, for example, that shows us how we should listen to music that match. Our mood, you know, the, at the beginning this was called the Mozart effect. So people were、yes. listening to music, to some music、uh, related to Mozart, and they were、um, make them do some cognitive testing, and they people that were listening to Mozart improved their performance of cognitive testing. But、um, further study shows how me,、uh, this is more related to the arousal level of the music and to the mood of the participant. So, for example. Uh, they found out that if we are listening, if we are in a sad mood, and we listen to low arousal music, we are still able to、uh, to perform very well in cognitive tests. So, how、uh, to respond also to your question on uh, uh, how music is related to emotion? So,、uh, as I said before, music is、uh, can stimulate some. Music is connected to some memories, some up, some memories and some emotion as well. Music, the music itself. Um, is a sort of communication that, thanks to the harmonic part of the music and the melody part, there is a,、uh, there are also some emotion traits. Of course, of course. <laughs> there's there's so much to share between language and、um, music, really, from the fundamental basics. You know, the temp tempo, rhythm, tempre,、uh, timbre. Sorry. So、um, yeah, I can highlight it, it, the link is very balanced.、Um, now,、um, your work really touched、um, a lot on investigating the effects of music therapy in elderly care. Now, what about infants as well? Premature infants specifically,、uh, they seem to be a particular focus of interest in your research. So this part of the research that is conducted from other colleagues of our lab. So.、Um, Dr. Fabio Franco, that is the main PI of our lab, is、uh, focusing as well,、uh, more in specific in this part,、uh, also with other uh, our other collaborators. And、uh, yes, it's true. Music has、uh, plays an important role in、uh, our our lifespan. And for example, from a different study that we conduct, we found out that people,、um, the children that are exposed uh, in uh, Since from when they are in the room to music, or uh, when uh, if uh, parents sing a lot, for example, to their children,、uh, these children later on during the age perform better, have a better cognition. So usually they are able to、uh, to learn a language faster compared to a normal child that wasn't exposed to music、uh, in a music environment. So、um, music it helps, for example, to Uh, especially singing from uh, uh, singing from parents、mm-hmm. uh, helps children, for example, to understand better the language processes. And、uh, there are some studies that、uh, found out how, for example, infant-related speech,、uh, speech, and、uh, 
um, music in front of latest videos. So, for example, you know, when we uh, we start to talk to our child, to our child, a little uh, a little baby, we yes. start to emphasize some of the words and the way how we speak. But if we start instead of speaking, to, we start to sing to this child, we will start to use as uh, we will start to emphasize the song as well. And studies showed out that uh, children, uh, babies pay more attention to the music uh, emphasis uh, speaking. So in our speech, when is uh, musically when we start to sing to our children compared to, for example, our interrelated speech. Uh, I don't know if I was able to make myself clear. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, think, I think it was evidently clear the powerful effects of music um, as a means of communication, even with infants. I mean, uh, um, so yeah, you can say that it's very much ingrained in us. Um, uh, you know, speaking of ingrained, I mean, um, do you, is there are there any brain regions we can refer to that are um, specifically activated when listening to music? So you know, music has the capacity really to engage. Um, as we can see, auditory, cognitive, motor, and emotional functions. Uh, are there specific cortical and subcortical sub like uh, brain regions involved? Uh, some different ways. So all the brain from the frontal, the occipital, the cerebellum, uh, the, oh, really? um, uh, the temporal part are activated, depending on uh, the task and also on the type of music. So um, there are different lateralization, for example, when we listen to music from the right to the left part, there are some cortical and subcortical structure. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we listen to a piece of music um, very with a lot of attention, we start to engage our prefrontal cortex or, uh, for example, when we play a music, uh, the part of the outer cerebellum that is linked to the, uh, the prim uh, primary motor regions and the fine uh, start to be activated because we need to, for example, activate fine motor movement or, uh, for example, expert pianists start to, uh, for example, have a need to read music, they start to uh, activate a lot of the occipital part of the lobe. So it depends really on the type of task that we are doing, on the type of music that we are listening. But we can say mm -hmm. that basic music, even if play, when we play or when we listen to it, activate almost all the regions of the brain. So for this, it is very interesting neuroscience to uh, study music because it allows us to understand also how some specific brain regions works so um, there are, for example, studies that shows how, for example, the, the occipital part in blind people is activated in, in pitch perception, while instead um, normal sighted um, people activate normally the, the, uh, the temporal part. So it's like that uh, with these studies, we were able to, uh, to find out, for example, how also some specific region of our brain can be more plastic compare yeah. others and can, for example, be enrolled in uh, in activity uh, in different type of activity uh, that are different from what we thought about. Uh, so, for example, the occipital part is more related to vision processes, non-audio processes. But in, uh, for example, blind people, this kind this uh, um, this region is more activated compared to uh, compared to the temporal part in. Uh, Sight uh, vision people, so it really depends. It really depends <laughs> on, on what we want. We, we want to focus on. It, it really, it really depends on the like the person's case, uh, obviously. But it, it overall, it seems that elucidating the neural mechanisms, you know, underlying music intervention, um, seems to always um, 
you know, provide us with positive outcomes and uh, more insight into the power of music. Um, I, I wanted to ask, so um, you you happen to um, uh, mention uh, something about, you know, neurological disorders and how we can help, you know, um, practically customize music interventions in a way uh, to treat them on an individual level. Um, is there a certain mix between, you know, cognitive and um, uh, social interventions that one can, you know, uh, resort to uh, as a means of treatment? Yeah, so one of the most used uh, therapeutic process that we can use um, related to music is music therapy. So music therapy is a sort of, um, of intervention that uses music uh, in, uh, in, as a way of communication to uh, boost not only mood of people, uh, for example, psychiatric disorders, but also can boost cognition in different ways. So music therapy usually um, utilize mood matching. So there are, of course, here in England, for example, uh, to become a music therapist, mm -hmm qualified you know, to do a master's degree. So our therapies, qualified therapists that use music as a way of communication in order to boost uh, the mood and the cognitive uh, system of the clients. And uh, is uh, very, for example, music therapy is very useful not only in children with, for example, with autism, or is used for, uh, even uh, now is uh, using Naiku sometimes. Oh. But, uh, wow. for example, uh, yes, there are different studies that start to use how uh, music therapy can be used in Naiku in order to, for example, uh, even, let's say, relax the child that is exposed to a very uh, stressful environment. You know, in the Naiku, there are so many different machines that are beeping, that are produced sounds, that are daughter speaking, and so on and so forth. Mm. And so this uh, environment, it could be very stressful for the child. Music can be a way also to relax the child in this environment. There is a study that we are conducting uh, in our lab yes. uh, that is focusing on, uh, for example, the musical environment in Naiku. Uh, so I would suggest you also, if people are interested, uh, to look to our website of the MCC Lab. I will be uh, providing can, uh, the link, definitely. Uh, for example, in our study, uh, we are looking to music therapy in um, to understand if music therapy can be a way not only to boost the cognitive function and mood in, in people that can have, uh, for example, dementia or severe dementia, but we want to look also how music therapy, if music therapy can be a good treatment to boost and to preserve cognitive function, healthy, uh, um, uh, healthy older adults. Mm -hmm. So in a way that can, uh, for example, um, reduce the possibility to get dementia uh, later on in life. And uh, in our study for music care, we are more interested, for example, in the attention, memory, uh, some executive functions, so the way how we reason, how the concentration of this person. We are looking, we will use some um, cortisol and also how uh, we analyze some other hormones uh, that can be boosted uh, by, by the effect of by music. And also we will focus on the physiology. So we will analyze, for example, the cardio cardiorespiratory frequency yeah. to see also what happens in, uh, we will, what will happen when we, uh, when we attend music therapy in a physiological point. Um, I, can, I can see it's a bundle. It's a, it's a bundle of tools uh, you've got there. 
Um, so, so um, you, you're, the study conduct, being conducted in your lab um, uh, for the, uh, you know, the one with the infants. I mean, it's very interesting. But um, may I kindly know, is there a specific music that you aim to um, introduce um, at hospitals to, um, you know, uh, reduce the aversive, you know, potentially damaging effects of stress on babies and parents uh, during that, um, you know, during that stage? You, is there a certain type of music? Sorry. So you mean in the Nyquil especially? Yes. So um, um, for that study is Maria Kifa. Um, uh, she's a, a postgraduate student, uh, and she's focused on that uh, because. Um, so actually, the, there isn't a specific type of music. This is uh, something that we would like to discover also. If there are uh, uh, some music that are more, let's say engaging for the child compared to a more, more appropriate compared to others so it's something that we're uh, still um, going on at the moment what we are what we are doing is to uh, for example um, creating a questionnaire that will be used inside the NICO in order to um, understand the environment or what kind of a musical environment could be supported Oh, right. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of room for future research to you know yes, to, to just really. dive into. Uh, that's great. That's but great. <laughs> um, we see. So for example, looking for babies, no, um, there is a, um, some work conducted by our uh, colleague Nina Politimo oh. that uh, she focused. Uh, uh, Dr. Politimo uh, has completed a PhD in music. Uh, in music communication and then the music communication cognition lab and uh, her uh, research wanted to explore the link between musical and linguistic skills in young preschooler and uh, she investigated the role of the musical environment in the developmental outcomes and uh, and she found out for example that if we um, for example singing to children mm. any song but if the parents sing to children they will boost this environmental, uh, musical environment, uh, environment in which the children are exposed. And this, and this will have very uh, good and positive effects on the child. Wow. I mean, in overall, we can here really come to conclude that um, music is truly a universal language. And, it, and we're not talking just geographically, but also across the lifespan. Um, and it, it seems to, you know, it seems to be that recent uh, researchers have been paying you know due attention to our perception of music and its powerful effects why do you think so why is it that um only lately has there been light sh you know shed on it so uh, you mean why is now coming up with all this kind of research yeah, well yeah. so i think that this is uh, because of thanks to the advancement in neuroscience so <laughs> thanks to the for example the advancement in fmri and neuroimaging uh, that allows us to understand better how our brain works. Uh, it opens up all these um, all these kinds of study. Um, for example, music therapy. We know from uh, from this uh, 80s that music therapy is, is a very good form of intervention. But unfortunately, the, the, um, in this kind of environment, mm. there were a lot of qualitative studies compared to quantitative. Oh. And unfortunately, uh, our society uh, works in a way that. The quantitative sometimes is uh, more accepted compared to qualitative. So uh, uh, only in the recent year, we were, we, there were more quantitative studies uh, 
for example, analyzing the effects of music in, uh, in different uh, cognitive aspects and in the physiological point of view. And this helped to, um, to create a sort of recognition on the effects of music. So I will say that both the things, so the new, uh, thanks to um, the fact that we are approaching, uh, we are developing new tools to understand how our brain works, and also with the uh, more studies that are based on qualitative or mixed, uh, sorry, on quantitative and mixed research, there is some, um, this kind of interest is uh, going to rise. Oh, well, then um, I guess the future looks very bright for um, for this avenue of research. And um, I just I just want to say really honestly, thank you, Dr. Anthony, for your time. Um, yeah, you've, you provide us a great depth of knowledge <laughs> um, about the powerful <laughs> effects of music, especially for, you know, on um, adults and infants, uh, which are very neglected, you know, um, times of uh, VH band. <laughs> Usually people just fixate on adolescence and uh, um, so, yeah, it's, it's unique. Your work is uh, truly unique. Um, so, yeah, I'm very grateful to be able to have you here on my show. Thank you so much. It's been Thank a pleasure you very much. To and you. if I can also thank you, our trusty foundation, that is the Dunhill Medical Trust, that is funded this, uh, our project for this year. So, and also, of course, Middlesex and all our collaborators from Padua University and the Virge University of Brussels. Trinity University. So it's a huge collaboration for also different other universities that are collaborating with us. So we need to thank also them for all the, the work. <laughs> many, many thanks, many thanks to them. And I highly respect, you know, your very vivid and clear mission to improve the quality of life yeah, of the aging population. Thank um, you. So yeah, it was very nice. Uh, so for all you listeners out there, I've provided um, links to numerous relevant publications from the McLab in the show notes right below. So don't forget to let me know what you think of this episode with a review or a comment wherever you find my podcast. And I'll be talking to you very soon. Finally, thank you so much for your interest in science. Bye. <laughs>